This weekend, we celebrate Singapore's 55 years of nation building. I want to touch on a very crucial concept of justice and righteousness on our nation's birthday. We thank God that we can enjoy prosperity and stability in Singapore because of a very effective government who has the foresight of the future. I'm thankful for the new government that has formed recently after our election. God has given us competent political leaders who have done exceptionally well in leading our nation for more than five decades, transforming a third world nation to be a first world country. I'm keenly aware that it is by God's grace I could be born and raised in this country where I also enjoy good education in a stable environment. If we want to see God's continuous blessing, we not only need to have good investment and political leaders, we also need to have God's favour and blessing to keep us sailing through the current storm. How do we see God's continuous blessing upon Singapore? How do we have God's favour upon this tiny red dot in Southeast Asia? On our nation's birthday, I want to highlight a verse that is crucial for God's continuous blessing upon Singapore. And it is found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. It says this, Righteousness exhorts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, this passage is very clear. That righteousness exhorts a nation, whereas sin will bring condemnation. I believe that for Singapore to enjoy God's favour and covering, we must ensure that there is righteousness in our nation. And that's also my big idea for today. Our righteousness in Christ will exalt Singapore. Now the question is, what is righteousness? Righteousness can be defined as having a godly relationship with God and also our neighbours around us. Again, we see the theme of having a godly, vertical and horizontal relationships with God and men. The body of Christ plays a crucial role in ensuring righteousness in our nation. Now, there is an example in scriptures where a righteous man was able to convince God not to destroy two major cities if there were a small group of righteous people there. And let's examine this account right now in Genesis 18 to 19. Before I read the account from the Bible, let me give you some background to this story. The story in Genesis 18 is such that three divine beings visited Abraham and Sarah to prophesy the birth of Isaac. And it is clear from the passage that God was there together with his entourage. And they had fellowship with Abraham where food and drinks were enjoyed. I'm sure they were not wearing masks and social distancing was not compulsory during their meal together. Now, this is an amazing account where God appeared to Abraham in a human form, not in his 
power and glory that Moses encountered God in Exodus 33. In Exodus 33, if you remember, God had to hide Moses in the cleft of a rock so that his glory would not destroy Moses. But in this incident here, God was embodied in a human form that Abraham could see, could talk, and even to fellowship over food. The appearance in human form was not just for God, but also for his other two divine companions who were part of the entourage. And after their fellowship meal, God and his companions wanted to head towards Sodom and Gomorrah for an inspection trip or what we call a learning journey in Singapore. And that's when Abraham stood before the Lord and pleaded with God for his mercy over these two wicked cities. Now let's examine the account right now in Genesis 18 verse 16. Then the man set out from there and they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to set them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. In verse 19, For I've chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. When Abraham was sending the three divine beings off, there was a conversation either within the Godhead or between God and his two companions regarding his plan to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. Eventually, this conversation ended up with God revealing his plan to Abraham in the next few verses. Verse 19 has a special mention of God's desire for Abraham and his descendants to upkeep righteousness and justice so that the nations could be blessed through them. Now we see that the righteousness through faith in God not only blessed Abraham, but also through Abraham, the nations would be blessed. Again, the concept of righteousness is mentioned here. You see, church, righteousness brings life to an individual and also to the nations. Let me now move on to verse 20. In verse 20, it says, Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Verse 22, So the man turned from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Now, what's fascinating in this passage here is that God would reveal His intent and plan to Abraham. I don't know about you, but for me, I would love 
to know God's purposes and plans way before they happen. It's such an awesome privilege for the Creator God to share His heart with a created human being. And in this story, God could have just gone straight to Sodom and Gomorrah without sharing any of His plans to Abraham. As far as a divine entourage was concerned, they were there to make known the birth of Isaac. But God chose to reveal His heart's intent on the two cities to Abraham. Why? Why did God want to reveal His divine plan to Abraham? Church, I believe it was to remove any contradiction between God's covenant with Abraham and the destruction of the two cities. You see, God's covenant was for the nations to be blessed through Abraham. And God's visitation in Genesis 18 to Abraham was to fulfill this very covenant through the descendants of Abraham. And yet the next moment, God was going to destroy two major cities with many lives there. And in order not to appear inconsistent to Abraham, God took the time to explain His purpose and plan, stating clearly to Abraham on the wickedness of these two cities that led to their eventual judgment. It was not God's desire to destroy cities, but He had to act because of an outcry against their sins. In verse 22, we are told that the two companions of God then went towards Sodom, where God stayed back to have a further conversation with Abraham. And from this encounter, we can see that God places special attention and time with His covenantal people. It's God's desire right from the beginning of creation to have human beings in fellowship with Him, the same word fellowship, koinonia with Him, to know His heart and His mind. And that's why we can see that special relationship between God and Abraham through the fellowship meal and the sharing of God's mind on Sodom and Gomorrah. And as God's covenantal people today, you and I, we too share a special relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that God can and will share His heart and mind with us if we allow Him space and time in our lives. In Genesis 18, 2-5, we read that Abraham dropped everything to host God and his entourage when they passed by his tent. Today, Church, will you drop everything to host God when the Holy Spirit visits you? Do we allow God to interrupt us in our daily life when we are firefighting with the many pandemic issues in our company and business? You know, during the circuit breaker, I know of many believers who, who are having more time with God because they were working from home. But with the lifting of the circuit breaker, do we still allow God to have the space and time in our busy lives? As God's sons and daughters, do you yearn to have time with God 
to hear his heart and mind for your life, your family, your marriage and career. And during this difficult time, when the world is facing its greatest trial, do we take time to listen to God's voice and yearn for His visitation? I believe that if we were to make space for God intentionally, He would reveal His heart and mind to us because we are His chosen people in Jesus Christ, His sons and daughters on earth. When was the last time, church, you took time to wait upon God to hear His heart and His mind? Two weeks ago, I was very, very troubled with various challenges when I was planning for our church direction in the next three to five years. And so instead of struggling with an impasse in my mind, I decided to bring my challenges to the Lord. And usually for me, I choose to meet the Lord very early in the morning before I meet anyone else. I want to let God define my day before anyone else would. I want to encounter God early in the morning before I encounter people or challenges ahead of me in the day. And that morning when I was waiting upon God, God showed up and downloaded His heart and mind upon me. And suddenly, I could see things so clearly and had my answers to the different parts of my challenges. I knew that I had encountered God that, that morning with the download of His wisdom, His heart and His mind. I could see God and everything else fits in nicely together. And I believe that such an encounter with God is not just reserved for me. It's for everyone who makes time and space for God to speak to you. Therefore, I want to encourage you to make time and space for God to meet you and to download His heart and His mind. Amen? Now, coming back to the story in Genesis 18 to 19, after God has shed his intent on Sodom, Abraham then presented his case for these two wicked cities. And let's see the conversation between God and Abraham. It says here very clearly in Genesis 18, 23, Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Abraham was asking God whether he would destroy both the righteous and wicked together. And thereafter, Abraham gave some hypothetical situations to further engage God. And let's look at his first hypothetical case right now in verse 24. Suppose, he said, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? You see, Church Abraham raised the case of whether God would destroy Sodom if 50 righteous people were found in the city. And if you were to examine Abraham's approach, he was trying 
his best to seek a balance between justice and righteousness. In Abraham's mind, God's righteousness would demand punishment for the wicked. And yet, God must still maintain justice for the righteous people in the city. So you can see the tension of righteousness and justice at play throughout the conversation between God and Abraham. And let's see God's response right now in verse 26, where the Lord says this, And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. So you see that God was ready to spare Sodom for just 50 righteous people. But Abraham did not stop at 50. He went on to present his second hypothetical case of 45 now. In verse 27, Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Would you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And he said, and God said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, God was ready to spare Sodom for just 45 righteous people. So by now, Abraham realized that God was open to engaging him. And he went on further with another four more hypothetical cases of lower numbers. In verse 29, again he spoke to him and said, Suppose 40 are found there, he answered. For the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. In verse 31, he said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he answered, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again, but this once. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, For the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. So we see that this conversation went on from 50 to eventually 10 righteous people. God was still agreeable to spare the wicked city of Sodom and Gomorrah for only 10 righteous people. I'm sure many of us could identify with this haggling process when we bargain for a lower price of an item that we like, especially when we visit popular night markets in our neighboring countries. But in this case, Abraham was not haggling for a lower price. He was interceding for the lives in the two cities. If anyone had the privilege to do that with God, it would have to be Abraham because God had chosen him to bring salvation to the nations. In fact, Abraham was serving out his call to save the nations by asking God to spare the two cities. But what's really shocking for me here is that God allowed Abraham 
to be part of his divine plan. In other words, Abraham participated in God's divine plan and destiny for the two cities. And as I study God's creative intent from Adam and Eve all the way to Abraham, I can see that God wanted human participation in His divine plans on earth. In a world where we major in making quick decisions with high efficiency, you see God choosing to do the very opposite. When it comes to divine plans on earth, God knows the best given His omniscient, His, his all-knowing capability. And yet God would allow finite human beings to be part of His divine plans, which may slow down His decision-making process or even to mess it up, to mess up His plans given that human beings do not have God's all-knowing ability. But church, God desires human participation in His divine plans. And I believe that during this difficult time of our nation, God will allow His people to be part of His divine plans on earth. And I want you to be ready. We must be ready to take on God's assignment for us as our nation and church go through the most challenging time of our nation building. I believe that there will be many angelic activities taking place among us during this pandemic. Be ready to do things for God beyond what you are comfortable doing. Be ready to participate in life-changing divine events ahead of us. Amen? Now with that, I will now jump all the way to Genesis 19.24 to show you the eventual outcome of the two cities. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And He overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. Verse 27, And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the valley. And he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up at the smoke of a furnace. Eventually, church, if you were to read on to Genesis 19, you will see that God destroyed both the cities, which means that there were less than 10 righteous people in Sodom. And I find this entire story very, very intriguing. And let me highlight to you some amazing points here again. Firstly, God revealed to Abraham His divine plan on Sodom and Gomorrah. Secondly, God allowed Abraham to participate in His divine plan. Thirdly, God could not even find 10 righteous people in the cities. Can you imagine that God could not find 10 righteous people in Sodom? I know it sounded absurd to us that God could not find even 10 righteous people. 
This absurdity lead to the destruction of two major cities. Church, as we celebrate Singapore's National Day, I want us to view our city-state with the same lenses of what we have just read in Genesis 18 today. Can God find 10 righteous people in Singapore today? Can God find 10 people who put their faith in Jesus Christ and have godly relationships with others around them? Do we have 10 ordinary believers in Grace Assembly who have vertical relationships with Him and horizontal relationships with their neighbours that pleased God? As I mentioned two weeks ago, in our new preaching series, both vertical and horizontal fellowships koinonia with God and people are very, very important. The foundation of righteousness rests on our relationships with God and others around us. And as God looks at Singapore's 55th birthday, will God pronounce His blessing upon us or will God bring judgment? In the case of judgment, would destruction be averted because we have more than 10 righteous people in our city-state? Will you and I be the righteous ones that will ensure that our nation will not come under God's judgment and curse? Will the body of Christ in Singapore God's children in this city find favour with God where He will continue to exhort our nation because of our righteousness in Jesus Christ. What will the spiritual state of Singapore be in the eyes of God? Will there be an outcry against Singapore before God? Or will there be a song of righteousness that rises to the law whenever Singapore is mentioned in God's presence? And the answers to all these questions rest on you and me. God's people who will have to answer all these questions regarding the state of Singapore. On our national day, we must resolve that Singapore will not become another Sodom and Gomorrah, where these two seas were well known for their perversity and sexual immorality. And we must ensure a strong Christian call in our nation where we can constantly intercede and pray for our beloved country before God. And we must ensure righteousness continues in every fabric of society from our families and marriages to our workplaces. The body of Christ can make a positive difference of righteousness in Singapore so that God can exhort this little red dot. In closing, let me read Proverbs 14 again. It says here, Righteousness exhorts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any 
people. And may the church of Jesus Christ be the pivoting force of righteousness that will allow this nation to be exalted by God. And we need this even more during this pandemic where there will be hardships and challenges. And may we partner with God in His divine plans to ensure that Singapore will always have God's favour and blessing for this generation and generations to come. Amen. Now let us take time to pray for our nation now. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, thank you for your hand of favour and blessing that has been upon Singapore for the last 55 years. We recognise, O oh God, that without you, we are nothing. But because you have a redemptive plan for Singapore, you have chosen to prosper this little red dot for your glory and purpose. We pray for our nation on, on this special day that you will exalt and bless Singapore. May we never allow our prosperity and wealth to deceive and to blind us to think that we have done all this with our own hands. We acknowledge and declare that Lord Jesus, you are the King and the Lord over Singapore. May we always partner with you in your divine plans towards salvation and righteousness and see men and women coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And during this pandemic, I ask that you will allow your people to participate in your divine plans of touching lives and saving souls the way that Abraham participated in the destiny of Sodom and Gomorrah. Church, where you are right now, I want you to raise your hands if you want God to use you and involve you in His divine plans during this pandemic. If that's your desire, lift your hands to Him right now where you are. God, you see these hands. And God, I pray that as your people avail themselves to your divine plans for Singapore and for the lives they may need you, God, I pray that you will use your people right now. Use them for your divine plan for this nation that many will come to know you through your people. Church, if that's you, your, your heart's cry, your desire, lift your hands right now to the Lord and say, God, that's me. Lord Jesus, I bless your people to have the privilege to be part of your divine plan of salvation and to be your righteous hands to touch lives for your glory. May our environment become more godly and righteous because of your people's willingness to serve your righteous purpose during this difficult time. We pray and ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name, that God, your shalom, will rest upon Singapore. Amen and amen. <music>